So what did you do yesterday? What did I do yesterday? I don't um, know what you do. <laughs> today was a rough day. All right. So we had to let somebody go today. Oh, all right. What was the reason? No good? Just not working out. And then there was a complaint about them. The complaint was very valid. It was from two different clients. And the person was already struggling anyway, being up to speed with how we do things. We were still willing to work with them and train them and get them up to speed, right? Because what we have to do now is hire, which is more of a pain in the ass than getting somebody that's already with us trained. How long was he with you? A few months. The customer service thing was, was about phone calls and the person being rude. We almost lost a pretty big account. A new guy came onto the account, didn't like how we spoken to spoke to a friend of ours and expressed his concerns. Right. And our friend called us. Our friend, we owe a favor because that helped us. The guy's brand new in his position, probably wouldn't have reached out to me directly. So I called the guy, I went and met with him. I explained to him that this isn't something that the company is about and we're about customer service and you should never be spoken to in any kind of way negatively. And then I asked him when he called, he gave me the work numbers, and finally we tracked it down to those numbers, listened to the calls, and the calls were just, I mean, he. I called him after listening over the weekend and apologized to him again. First of all, the way he's supposed to answer the phone is, good morning, good afternoon, good day, whatever you want to say. Thanks for calling Colony Pest. Joe speaking. How can I help you? And... The beginning of the phone call was Colony Pest, Joe speaking. And then the person said, oh, how are you today? I'm calling from XYZ account and I need an emergency service. And the response was, there was a pause. And then the response was, okay. The customer automatically sounded annoyed after that. And he sounded like he was about to say something like, can I speak to your supervisor? But I guess he said, uh, he said, oh, okay, so do you think you could get somebody out here today? And she was like, where is the issue? And he renamed oh, okay. the place. The person was like, no, I know that, but where is uh, I'm, the I'm issue? Getting, I'm getting pissed off. Did you straighten it out? <laughs> I, I was able to straighten it out with the customer. The phone call was just cringeworthy the whole way through. Listen, listen, I understand. It was terrible. And then the other one... I'll take partially the blame for this. The other one was from a client that's known to be an over-exaggerator. So that one was taken with a grain of salt. So we all were like, we don't know. I should have listened to that call. I went and I tracked that call down, and the call was equally as bad. So are we terminating this person in the office? The person's already been let go. Oh, good. I'm guessing this is the person in a report from an outside advisor that didn't do too well in the office. I read the report. It said this person can't stand up under pressure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, look, this is part of what we're going to be talking about going along in the series, terminating, hiring, policies and procedures in place that you should follow. Like, I should have listened to that first call, even though I knew the customer was a bit of an exaggerator because I would have been able to have this earlier than now. So we're back. The account's safe. The accounts appear to be safe, yes. Let's move on. Who's down there servicing the account? Somebody do we... No, we got a good tech. There's a great tech on it. 
Okay. And it's been QA'd recently, and everything was good. Listen, I came up with this cool thing. Wow. There's a thing up by Sleepy Hollow, New York. Mm-hmm. It's a pumpkin festival. You go there at night, they got all these, like, thousands of pumpkins all lit up. A cool Halloween thing. You want to go with the kids? Maybe. I mean, October's a tough month for us with all the traveling. I'm traveling pretty much two weeks between Pest World and the K9 Pro Workshop. Uh, all right, whatever. Listen, I'm in high demand, buddy. So, on Saturday, we rekindled our friendship with your boy there, Morgan Spurlock. We went to his chicken joint. Did we rekindle it or did we bring it up to date? Yeah, fine. Up to date, rekindle, you know, same shit. No, it's not. Rekindle is when something's dying out. You gotta rekindle it. Go check it out on your, uh, on your internet. And what did you say? Bring it up to speed? No, I said bring it up to date. Like we hadn't talked to him in a while. All right. I think we mean the same thing, but that's fine. So, Morgan Spurlock is opening up Holy Chicken. It's a really cool take, in my opinion, on fast food. It's all poking fun at it, but all the while trying to be environmentally friendly, truly small business friendly With when you really go into the chicken farm stuff that he's got going on and in his documentary. And pay people a living wage. Well, what true capitalism is and how the big, big chicken is fucking the little guys. Which, if we don't be careful with all the consolidation in our industry, we'll end up with about three or four people that'll be able to do that to us. And then we got to go to the fucking mattresses. Right. We don't want to do that. Better break out the hand grenade. Allegedly. (laughs) But nah, it was cool. It's funny because I was telling the kids, like, yo, you met this guy. He's famous. He did Grandpa's movie. Avery's like, what's his name again? Moron? <laughs> oh my God. I was like, and Cadence was like, me. no, it's Morlin. He's got my genes. He's slaughtering words. Yeah, good for him. Cadence was like, Morlin, Morgan, same thing. It so was they were fun. really impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Avery was more upset that what he thought was French fries was actually fried green beans. But he enjoyed them, right? No, he did not. Oh, okay. All right, well, anyway, after I left you, I walked down to 14th Street to get a... I didn't have any cigars on me, so I bought a really nice cigar, and I was smoking it, and then we went back to um, Barnes & Nobles on, uh, I don't know, 16th or 17th Street. Walking all around wasn't that bad. I mean, I felt it a little bit, but when I woke up Sunday, no problem. So that was a good day. That's positive. Put on, I put on 10,000 steps, so... That was good. Then yesterday, I went up to see Annie Saranti. I got a, I got a bunch of donuts and uh, ears of corn and this book that I bought for Jamie. I, I mailed it to her today. I had a good visit with Annie. Always, always good to hang out with her for a while. Did you stay overnight or no? No. I went up there in the morning and came back in the afternoon. The car, car is a, the car is acceptable. It really gets on the highway quickly. can pick up speed at 80 miles an hour. It could still kicking the ass and move and uh very very like a typical lexus is like sitting in your easy chair at home and driving along any lexus is a good buy yeah so anyway that was it and today uh i took lily to the dog park and ran the shit out of it that's why she's not running around now see how quiet it is here nice you got your assurance to our boy to our friends Oh, yeah, that's all taken care of. 
select insurance took care of you, right? As usual. Listen, they've been taking care of me for 30-something years. Houses, cars, umbrella policy in case my kids murdered somebody. Why was that even on your mind? That would have never could. That's, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then property stuff like that, it was just great. They, they bailed me out. I can't believe what they did for me and Sandy. You know, just, just good people. One is just nicer than the other. Select is, is very much what we like to deal with. Always like to give money to small companies. Not to say that they're small, but you know, we know them. Family owned. They're family, they're family. Yeah. And they've knocked it out of the park going from doing three or four states 30 something years ago when you were with them. I think when I was with them originally, I think they were in Westchester and parts of the city. They weren't in, as far as I know, that was when uh, Phyllis was starting out. Yeah, now they're everywhere. That was my impression. Now they're everywhere. Look, the thing about them is that you can, it's like with us. If you got to get the owner on the phone, guess what? He gets on the phone. Yeah. So you can find out more about Select Insurance, and you could even get a quote, fill out the form from the website, and you can get a quote from them. Once again, I want to welcome the new members. I want to remind everybody that our MBA, Mastermind Business Academy... (laughs) Well, MBA class starts soon. We'll be available to answer your questions. And then it's time for your deposits. Deposits. I know you like to hear that, Sheehan. And we'll be ready to go. As you know, business has a lot of moving parts. You need to know and have everything in place so you can make steady progress. We introduce you to our partners. Make sure you get the best deals. You will never have a headache with insurance again. We have Select's insurance agency ready to give you peace of mind. Ed's been with them forever. I've been with them since I've been in business and uh, nothing but good things to say about them. There's a ton of talk about the pricing episode. Questions have been coming up about how to set up pricing. So now we see that people want to know about their pricing and if they're doing it right. Some of what we're here to do is working, right? It's good and chill. Yeah. So look, it's obvious that people need more structure and guidance in pricing. The problem from my end, what I've seen in my 50-something years, I met some great exterminators, but they they weren't too good at business. And look, that's what we're here to help with, right? The pricing episode has generated a lot of chatter. We're getting letters, emails, DMs. And uh, I would encourage people to go back and listen to some to the pricing episode and then go even further back into some of our earlier podcasts and listen to the Mind Your Money episode, Debt and Taxes with Dan Gordon. I mean, those were good, really good episodes that tie in to pricing and running your business. So what I would say, if you're a business owner and you're real smart like me, not, I learned by going over things. Well, I heard what I heard. And then I had it repeated. I read something. I read it over. And the more I read, the more I learned about it, the more I understood it. Uh, I'm not a fast study. So I took the time out and I read. And, you know, I know you're busy. There's always places where you can, at least I could, make time to read. Like my favorite spot was the bathroom. I used to tell, <laughs> I used to tell my office manager, I'm going to the library. 
tell them I'm in the library researching something, which was true, but it wasn't a library. It was a bathroom. So, you know, sometimes you got to, sometimes with me, just talking about me, sometimes you got to read this stuff over and over again and something will hit you. You know, I always used to say I, I go to a lot of seminars. In my day, I read because I didn't have these tutorials. My tutorial was talking to guys that had more experience than me. And as they told me stuff, they'd show me, show me again. So, you know, today you got to go over these lessons that we're putting out. And yeah, you, you got to listen to them. You got to listen to them. And maybe you have to listen to them several times and you're going to get that one idea. Boom. An idea is priceless. And look, uh, and that one-on-one -on -one that you got with other guys is now in the form of us with the Mastermind Business Academy. Exactly, exactly. So, and, and you don't even have to guy buy the guy lunch. Right. <laughs> and I, the, I think that the the bathroom as a library has been replaced with a cell phone uh, and apps and and other bullshit that people used to read books there, but now they're on their phones. Right, so I mean, with, with us, you know, listen when you're driving, exercising, even books now are all, you can get audio books, right? And I read, but I've also listened. If you're driving around a lot, you can listen. I've fallen asleep with the audio book on, and there's something to that sleep messaging in your sleep, because I remember some things from a book that I can't even tell you how the hell I remember it. But it's probably because I fell asleep with the, the ear pods uh, in, listening to it, and I was sleeping to some guy telling me about how to, you know. I guess that's good for millions. some people, like driving and listening. But me, if I want to really get into something, I got to lock myself, go to a quiet place, wherever it is, and just sit there with a cup of tea and listen over and over. Go play it back again. Play it back again. There's something here I'm missing. And nothing, nothing is allowed to in interfere with me. I don't want to hear nothing. My phones are shut off. TV's off. Don't bother me. If someone's in the house, don't bother me. When I get out of this room, we could talk. Don't come in before that. So I have to have just focus on one thing. That's me. Maybe other people could do it other ways. I don't know, but I can't. So when I'm looking for something... I gotta shut myself away, almost like, almost like meditating. Meditation That's is very me. good. So look, we're back with a Q and A episode. We got some pretty good questions in here. The first question is: I mainly do residential services and have a first-time clean-out at a two-story apartment. Should I charge them hourly or a flat rate? You're asking me, I would tell you, it's, what is it? A two-bedroom apartment? It's a two, two, it says two story apartment. So I'm going to assume it's two apartments. Like a First thing I would house. ask is uh, how many kitchens are in the place? Because it may be a two, it's a two family house. Then there's probably, there could be someone in the basement and you got a kitchen on the first, second floor and then a kitchen in the basement. I mean, I got burned on that once, never again. How many kitchens do they have? And and what I mean, is the reason behind wanting to know the amount of kitchens? Because the kitchen is where you're going to, you know, you're going to, we're going to do most of the work in the kitchen. You've got to tear the place apart. Hopefully they've taken all the dishes out. 
80% of the time they haven't, even though you told them they should. And then you got to go get a garbage bag and get them to help you take this thing out. You know, that's also time. Where do you do most of the work? In, you know, La Cocina, La Habana. Very simple. Kitchen and bathroom. Now, if they're in the bedroom and everything, then they're eating in bed or God knows what. But usually I found they were eating in bed. There's crumbs around the bed. There's, there's food in the night tables. What I did, you gave me with three kitchens. Okay, three kitchens cost you this much for the clean out. Two kitchens is this. One kitchen is that. And then sometimes you get there and you gave them a price for a two-family house and you got to do the garage. Well, that's extra money. They start bitching about it. You know, tough shit. They got to do the garage. Why am I doing the garage? There's mice in the garage. Well, the house, wait a minute. I did your house for roaches. Now I got to do mice in your garage. You got to pay extra for that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff goes into that, but you have to be able to think on your feet and think quick. I would set a price for one, one apartment. A two-bedroom apartment has one kitchen. There's a one-bedroom apartment that has one kitchen. There's a studio apartment that has one kitchen. Is there a difference between the prices? If there is, there's very little. Also, I would tell you that allegedly I uh, would charge more money to go to Manhattan. Why? Because of the traffic. I think that you got to set your price and you got to get it and that's it. And the idea behind it all is, is that you have your cost per job is relatively the same no matter what. And you, you keep it like that. So. Yeah, it's preset, preset. I got it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about, as Khalil Bryce would say. We spoke in the last episode on pricing about how to come up with your hourly rate, right? The, the question here is charge them hourly or a flat rate and please explain. So I would say do both. And when I say do both, you need to know how long it is going to take you to do that clean out, right? So... If that clean approximately, is, approximately. Of course, approximately, and always overestimate because of things that may come into play. Now, you spoke about having to get a garbage bag and help people throw things away, right? No, no. You, you put, put the, the dishes, dishes in the garbage bag and you put it somewhere. Yeah, so yeah same thing. So, so don't throw in. We have a preparation sheet for almost every pest that we treat for. There's a prep sheet that's given to the customer. So if I call for you for a one-family house, what, do you email me the prep sheet? Yep. Okay. I email so you now you show up and I didn't do anything. There's no warranty or guarantee for the work. Okay. Call so back. you're not going to spray the cabinets. I got it. Well, we're going to do the best we can with the situation you've put us in as the customer, even after we gave you everything that you needed. Back to the question. You come up with your hourly rate. You decide how long it's going to take you to do the job. If it's two hours for a clean out and your price is one twenty-five, then that's a two fifty plus tax. You send the contract with the prep sheet. If they're not prepped, that's not really your problem. How does one twenty-five become two fifty plus tax? I said two hours. Oh, okay. Depending on your state, it's always plus tax. Okay. So let's say you come up with 250 for a one bedroom and then you decide ah, each kitchen is going to be an extra whatever, $75 because we're already on site. Then you raise your price like that. But you have to know how long that extra kitchen is going to take you or that extra apartment is going to take you. Run over that one again. We, we, we're in here for 250 and then there's an extra kitchen. So because we're on site already, we're just going to charge you another $75. Is that correct? Maybe. All right, well, maybe he's going to charge you more, but I mean, the, the theory is correct, correct? Yes, you're going to charge more. 
because you're already on site. Sometimes, Sometimes you talk too fast, and for a guy like me that's a little slow, I got to repeat what you're saying, so I got it. Slow. So you come up with your clean-out price for a house or one-family apartment, you know, one-bedroom apartment, right? One kitchen. And then if you're doing a two-family home and there's two kitchens, then you need to come up with what it's going to take to do the second kitchen. Is it going to take an hour for the second kitchen? Uh, So basically what you're saying, to go there to do one kitchen place, let's say it's 200 bucks. And and now you want to get a price, you're going in your mind for a two kitchen place where you're already there, so maybe you're just going to charge 100 bucks for that second kitchen. So it's 300 for the two kitchens. Is that correct? Correct. Because in that one kitchen price, let's say, one fam- in that one family apartment, all of your prices are in that original price of 250 all your gas and, and all that other stuff. So once you have the guy on site, then the additional money, you don't necessarily have to calculate that in. You understand? Let me, let me, let me throw this at you. Throw it. I'm doing this place for 250 While I'm doing it, they say, can you do my neighbors? Now, that should be a 250 job, too. 110%. But I might say, I might say, and I've done this, all right, you know what? I'm going to take $25 off your price, and we'll do him for 225 too. I'm going to walk next door or two doors down to do it. So instead of leaving with 250 I'm going to leave with 450 well, I and wouldn't happy because I dropped the price twenty five bucks. 10%. I think that you would do that to your existing customer, but I wouldn't give it to the other customer. Then they start to talk and they start to the fuck. What did you charge me that for? It doesn't matter. I I gave you a break, this one time break for referring the customer. All right. Well, you know what? I can see that because if the other customer, the second customer, bitches, will give me a customer. I can give you a break. I'll give you some money back. Correct. Give me another customer. Your comes idea in, is better. Comes into other stuff that we spoke about with Podium and reviews and everything like that. Just to answer the question, I would do a flat rate based off what I think it would take to get the job done. My office is also instructed when somebody calls, oh, it's a private home. What's the square footage? Anything over 2,500 square feet, we would want to go look at the job physically. Because at that level, over 2,500 square feet in somebody's home, you want to price it right. You can't charge the same price for somebody's home, like you said, with a garage and everything like that. It's best or better to go on site and give an estimate in person because you'll see other potentials for income. Okay, yeah. I agree with you. Otherwise, you can come up with your one-bedroom, two-bedroom, three-bedroom, four-bedroom prices we will price anything out in New York City up to four apartments over the phone. Anything over that we want to go look at. Some guy says he's an owner, 15 months on his own, and has two techs who are great. Business is going very good, and he wants to know what our tips are to going from working in the field to only managing the business. Do you still work in the field? I do not still work in the field. It has been quite a good number of years since I've worked regularly in the field. I've gone out in the field. I've gone out in the field, period, if I had to. Sometimes it's good for customer relations. Sometimes it's good for employee relations. So, I I mean, I guess I still go in the field here and there, but it's few and far between these days as far as going out and doing actual pest control. Gone to a couple of big job sites to set them up, 
What do you think of the tips from going from working into field to only working on the business? This guy's doing pretty good if he's only been in business, what, 18 months? And he's got two guys working. He's far ahead of where I was. But what I would do is I had a route, and I'd be working a route. And, I'm, you know, I'm working out in the field like 14, 15 hours a day. And um, as I went around, I talked to people, gave out my card to existing customers, and that helped me expand the business. So when it, when my route got to be too much, I would break the route up. I would give the guy a full route, hire a guy, give him a full route. I would still keep a half. The guy couldn't have did what I did in eight hours. So I would have a half a route myself where I could jump in anywhere, look at new customers, whatever. And I build that up again and then hire another guy. Did I ever stop going in the field? I was out in the field every morning to check on my guys to make sure they were showing up. And when you went on vacation... I would take part of your route, and I would do the route. We'd split the other route up amongst the other guys, and I would check on the work you're doing. Because if I listened to you, you were the greatest exterminator that ever came down the pike. Some of the customers didn't agree with that. So we got complaints. The guy that went and checked the complaint out was me or a supervisor. And I would go there quite frequently to check out the complaint and see what was going on. How did I expand the business? At night, I played a lot of racquetball, met a lot of people on the racquetball court, went to a lot of dinners at night. Basically, it was like a 16-hour day from like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning until maybe noon. I'd be out in the field and I'd be in the office. The key was I hired an excellent office manager and then I hired excellent supervisors. So that cut down. So I really, after a while, I didn't have a route, but I was out there. I was talking to customers. Joey's heard this story a hundred times. We're going up to Cape Cod on a vacation. I walked into a hotel we did up in... Uh, upstate New York, Mount Kisco, walked in with my clipboard. This was way before he had these handheld devices. And I'd say hello to the manager, go check the housekeeper, blah, blah, blah. I walk out a side door. The whole thing took me 10 minutes, but the boss was there. How long should it be before you stay in the office? I don't know. That's up to you. Well, that's, uh, not, that's not what he's asking. He's asking, what are your tips from to, to going from working in the field to only managing the business, which doesn't mean only being in the office, because what you just did is managing the business. It, managing the business is customer relation. You hit the nail on the head with hiring key people, people that understand your vision, people that see the company culture and fit well with it and can build on it. And honestly, you are going to have to give up some money to get to where you want to be but it's temporary. It's reinvesting in your business. Right, exactly. So it's the same as buying new equipment. I made a very smart move back in, shit, I guess 2010. I hired somebody that I, I felt could be my director of operations um, at any level. Uh, and I knew that at that time I didn't need him because the business was running and I had it, but I knew where I wanted to go, which seems like this person knows where they want to go, where they want to go to managing just the business. And I hired him at a time where I my cash flow was really good. I, I knew I know how to budget money. I know how to handle finances, thankfully. And I knew I could afford to have him and I would just not get a raise for potentially two years. And I was okay with that because I knew I had the vision and I believed in him. And we are, shoot, I guess we're nine years in and the business is 
more than tripled. And we've added key people. We're putting somebody in an office, in a customer service management position. We've hired a service manager. We'll probably hire another manager by the second quarter of 2020. It's just, it's a matter of being able to give up money now for a better life down the road. And you're, you're going to get that money back eventually, you know? So basically what you're saying is you got you, you to set a goal. This is where I want to be. How do I get there? And one of the ways you get there is you got to have key people and you got to pay them. Right. And, then, and they got, and they, you know, that's basically in a nutshell. Yes. And you need your processes in place and your policy and procedure and all of that. And what ends up happening is if you don't have any of that in place from the beginning, after you hire this key, let's call it a number two person, is when you start to implement all that stuff. And that's what you'll spend majority of your uh, business time out of the field on is getting your processes in place so everybody has a clear, streamlined way for the office to operate, for the field techs to operate, for management to operate, and all of that. I agree with that. Yeah. What's coming up? You got... The Canine Pro Workshop in Ocean City, Maryland, for all of you people doing scent detection, canine scent detection, it is October 8th through the 10th in Ocean City, Maryland. You could just Google Canine Pro Workshop. We'll be at that. All of Synergy Sense's canine teams will be there. I'll be there too if you want to hang out with me. We got Pest World coming up in San Diego, October 15th to the 18th. Yeah, so... You know, what are we going to wear? You know, I am known as one of the best dressed in pest control. I'm wearing a lovely gray suit uh, with a red bow tie and a derby. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't want to pack that derby and get it crushed, but I'll have some kind of hat on. And um, I'll be wearing a sports jacket with slacks. And I'll be wearing some sports shirt, and I'll have a Wee Bug New York shirt or two with me. And um, the usual stuff, underwear, T-shirts, nice. toiletries, cigars, you know, stuff everybody packs. Well, we're going to see our friend on Thursday. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know if any of the bespoke stuff will be ready by Pest World, but you never know. We got a bunch of good episodes coming up. We'll be talking about employee relations, hiring how to write a great job ad, but you've been asking for more pricing. So we're going to do another Q&A for you this week, and then we'll be discussing your staff, our staff. Get your questions ready for that. So once again, Joey Buns, a.k.a. the Brains of the Operation, saying thank you for listening. Mr. Mrs. America, this is Ed Sheen, movie star, educator, urban legend, and Gadabout, well-known, renowned Gadabout, wishing you a good evening or a good day, as the case may be. And until we meet again, God bless you. Hey, this is Ed Sheehan for Mastermind Business Academy. Join our startup class. It is perfect for you if you're starting a new pest control company or if you've been in business under three years. Finally ready to get serious about building a successful company from your side job? Because, you know, you're always looking to get more market share or add-ons, this would be a great add-on service in plumbing, landscaping, and cleaning companies. When you sign up, here's what you'll get. 
The exact steps you need to take to start a successful pest control company. Our checklist of everything to include in your startup. Customizable contracts and proposals. Just add your logo. Protocols for guaranteed results. Employee management tools. Pricing tools and salary calculators. Accounting, investing, exclusive discounts, and money-saving strategies. Our detailed process on how to find bulletproof growth and built-in customers. A huge list of potential clients and locations to get you going. All for residential and commercial accounts, plus one-on-one coaching calls with myself and Joe. Once again, thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Check out our website at colonyconfidential.com. I'm Eric Ray, co-founder and CEO of Podium. A few years back, my dad called with a problem. Despite having tons of happy customers at his local tire shop, only a handful of angry ones left online reviews. He was stuck with an online reputation that didn't match how customers really felt. And he wasn't alone. Local businesses everywhere are still being held back by outdated technology, leading to misleads, lost customers, and wasted time. We quickly learned that people would rather just send a text, a Facebook message, or an Instagram message. Anything but having to call, get put on hold, or play phone tag. With Podium, getting more reviews, capturing leads, and keeping customers coming back can all be done through messaging. It makes interacting at every step of the customer journey as easy as sending a quick message. And when you interact the way customers prefer, you quickly become the business they prefer. See for yourself how over 40,000 businesses like yours have given themselves an unfair advantage with Podium. Visit podium.com XM for a free demo and get 10% off when you start. That's podium.com XM.